This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Episode 188, The Magic Episode. Welcome to the Strangers and Aliens podcast. Strangers. <laughs> to boldly say what needs to be said. Would you be a stranger or an alien? Or would you be a strange alien? The truth is out there. I am your father's best friend's plumber. Superman. Wonder Woman. Heroes. Villains. Captain Picard versus Captain Kirk. Do you think that there's room in sci-fi for God? The very first thing that God did was that he created something. So we have a creative God. This is Strangers and Aliens Podcast. Hello and welcome back. Welcome to this podcast about the intersection of Faith Street and Imagination Lane. <laughs> I'm Ben, Ben Avery. I am here, but I am not alone. I've been joined by two other travelers down this, this road we like to call life. And those other two travelers are... Evan David. And, I'm a traveler. <laughs> and Steve McDonald. Yes. I'm not liking this voice, so I'll just Steve McDonald. Hey, yeah. hey everybody. How's everybody? You know, I find that for podcasting it's it is better to stick with your natural voice. Yeah. I disagree. Evan. Well <laughs> sometimes I like to mix it up a little bit. And sometimes, Evan sometimes you you want to ignore that impulse. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Not, not all the time. Just work with that. This this might be one of those times. Might be. Um but but maybe not. But Where's Rachel? It's hard it's <laughs> it's hard to sustain that one. So <laughs> Alright, I'm back. I'm back. We're yeah, good. Yeah. I mean Christian Bale can do it, but he's Christian Bale, man. Yeah. He and, is and you're not. I'm Christian Bale. Yeah. Hey, we are here because we are going to talk about a topic. And what's that topic? Magic. Magic. And I don't know about you, Steve, but I was doing jazz hands. <laughs> Nobody can see. And that's probably a good thing. And with every word now, I'm punctuating with the jazz hands. That's almost as bad as doing a Batman voice, probably. <laughs> but That's... Hey. I, I was I was actually making the ring finger on my right hand to say the word magic. So I'm sorry, oh. that has nothing to do with anything. But go ahead. Okay. All right. So this is an episode that's been a long time coming. Actually, since uh, since Evan has been getting ready to be a stranger or alien, whichever Woo-hoo. whichever side he falls. Hashtag deci- stranger. Decided... Hashtag alien. No, we're not. We're not. I, I'm then not, I'm then not we that decided that I'm an alien. Okay. All right. You're an alien. I am because I've got a big head. And that's <laughs> and that's all right. That's all right. Uh, but we've talked about different movies and TV shows and books and and things where magic has come up as a an incidental topic. 
And whenever that has come up as an incidental topic, it's been something that, that Evan has had a caveat for. And so uh, we've been talking about, well, we need to have an episode where we talk about magic. And we talked about folding that into a Harry Potter episode, but mm-hmm. I don't feel like I can do a Harry Potter episode justice quite yet um, because I'm still on, on movie three. <laughs> um, <laughs> and book number two. Okay. No, I read book number two. Okay. And I've seen, so I'm on movie four and I'm on book three. If by on, you mean looking at it, getting ready to start, but not actually starting. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And I am highly conversant in the whole thing, seeing as my entire family are Harry Potter fans. Um, But there's a caveat to that. Let me just say, first of all, listeners, Evan, Ben, everybody, if your conscience is telling you that you shouldn't be involved in anything to do with magic, be it the stuff that I'm going to lay out here that is, you know, more of a literary magic and not real world magic. If that's your conscience telling you not to be involved in it, don't be involved in it. Your conscience should be your spiritual director. And so that's the episode, everyone. Thank you for listening. And uh, we'll be here all week, but for very, very short episodes. I think we have time for uh, ice cream Sundays, guys. Let's go. Um, that actually is probably where we were heading uh, <laughs> to the end. But, you know, if you want to start with the conclusion, that's fine. Actually, Evan, that, that brings up, I mean, he kind of stole a little bit of your thunder, but explain to us what, what's going on then and, and why you want to do this episode. And then also um, we have a listener feedback, sort of. Yeah, that we, we can talk about. Well, uh, I think, yeah, since one of the very early episodes that I've been here, we've said, oh, we should do this this episode because it is something that I, I talk about whenever we bring up the, the magic issue. And I, I wanted to, you know, I, I never feel like we have enough time to go on that big rabbit trail or, or even should go on that big rabbit trail in the episodes we're we're doing when magic does come up because it's not the time nor the place. So I just stick my little caveat in there and move on. Uh, but yeah, I wanted, I wanted a place where we can talk about this. So that way in the future, if I need to add a caveat, I can just say, Hey, go and refer to this episode where we talk (laughs) about it in depth. Um, so, and the reason that it has been spurred into the forefront of our schedule is because of that listener feedback sort of, we were pushed into motion. Yes. Forced. Our hand was forced. On our last feedback episode, we had this email in our possession. We did not read it because we were saving it for this episode. So I'm going to read it and uh, then we will. I'll move on from there and, and kind of get started with explaining myself a little bit. And then we'll move on to, into a discussion where Ben and Steve will try to counter my beliefs or at least temper them. Uh, it's not counter. <laughs> we're not trying to counter your beliefs no i know i know we're, we're, okay. we're going to be explaining Informed. ours as you explain yours yes yes um and it, th- that'll make more sense in a second okay so here's here's our here's our email it is from nathan nathan the listener and he signed himself with a sunglasses emoticon now so. he's not just nathan the listener I, I do want to throw this out he is part of the strangers and aliens family he oh, has recorded an episode with me. Uh, he's also gone to a movie with me, and I've met him a couple times at conventions. And like I said, 
I've, I've spent some time with him. Uh, so I've, I've broken bread with this man, uh, so to speak. Actually, literally broken bread if you want to consider eating Chick-fil-A sandwiches. Because it's bread and it gets broken as you bite into it. But nice. we had different sandwiches, obviously. We could help. So, yeah. Uh, rabbit trail alert. Sorry. Okay. Continue. <laughs> well, anyway, here's what he says. Dear Strangers and Aliens podcast, I don't know when you'll get around to an episode where Steve and Evan can debate magic, but Evan's near constant anti-magic statements led me to write a blog on the subject. It is a bit long, but I'd like to submit it as listener feedback for you to read for a feedback episode or in the hopefully soon-to-come magic debate. Thanks. And he did write a blog. We're not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to read the first two paragraphs because uh, they cover why we're spurring this on uh, to our, our current schedule. So here's his uh, the first two paragraphs of his article. And it says... This is a subject that I've been pondering for a while, but it was brought to a head for me this week when I once again heard a new host on a podcast I listened to make the typical, quote, magic is always bad slash evil in fiction, unquote, comment that all too many Christians have made for years. I'm shocked that there are still people adhering to this anti-Dungeons and Dragons propaganda that was prevalent during the 1980s, the 80s people 30 years ago. <laughs> what, ma what made this even more ironic was the particular host was my age or a little younger. This host, who shall remain nameless, but it's me, has, <laughs> has made it clear on several occasions that he thinks magic, particularly when presented in a dark fashion, should never be present in fiction. He even said when he guest starred on a podcast run by one of his co-hosts while discussing Wonder Woman's origin in the animated film Justice League Gods and Monsters that he liked Wonder Woman's more science-based origin. The more I hear him, the more I realize that this isn't just dark magic he's opposed to, but all magic. It makes me wonder if he hates the Chronicles of Narnia or Lord of the Rings just because they include magic, despite them being written by Christians. And I will stop there. And he goes on and says a lot of cool things in his article, makes a lot of good points. But I'll just stop there, and I want to just uh, start this episode discussion off by saying, uh, or by telling you guys, the listeners, and letting uh, you... Ben and Steve know, even though you kind of already know yeah. where I'm coming from um, and my background in this whole thing. So I'll just do that now. Um, and and one, one more thing before I do that. This discussion that I'm talking, that we're going to be having here, um, I am totally coming into this open-minded. In fact, I would love to have my mind changed on the subject. I would love to have the facts presented to me in such a way that my conscience is relieved and that I can enjoy a lot of this media that I would like to enjoy because I know the stories are really awesome and the characters are really awesome, but seem hindered because of uh, some of the content. And so and hopefully we've changed your mind before we have I, in the last I, I episode flipped you over. Yep. Yeah. So uh, just know that I'm, I'm not stuck in my ways. In fact, yeah, well, I'll just, I'll just get to it. I'm just going to go. Hop I'm going to dive it. in. Yeah. I'm going to dive in. Jump okay. In. So you might think, based on all my comments, that my upbringing was at one of a very conservative Christian background uh, where, you know, magic and even in fiction, you know, was 
totally frowned upon and outlawed, and I wasn't allowed to watch or read or play games, you know, with that stuff in it. And that would be incorrect. Um, as a as a kid, I was able to pretty much within reason watch whatever I wanted to. Um, I watched. You know, I watched all the Magic Kids movies, you know, all the Disney movies, um, had, you know, you name it, I watched it. Aladdin was my absolutely, uh, my absolute favorite movie when I was growing up. Uh, I, uh, you know, I wanted a wizard toy when I was growing up. It, it was cool. His skin glowed in the dark um, and he had lightning bolts coming out of his hands, you know, and I really want, I really wanted this toy and my parents were, you know, hesitant to get it for me, but I begged them. I was like, please, you know, can I get the wizard toy? They, they let me get it. And I played with that thing all the time. Uh, my favorite Miyazaki movie was Howl's Moving Castle. Um, I've seen most of the Harry Potter movies. I've seen everything, but the last two, the Deathly Hallows part one and two, I went, saw them in theaters, um, you know, at least one, the opening night had a had a road trip. Um, I played Dungeons and Dragons in college, and really enjoyed it. It was super fun. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm not ignorant to this stuff. Okay, I'm not coming at at you know saying the things I say from a a point of ignorance or or not having experienced or enjoyed all this stuff. Um, my convictions about magic and witchcraft are pretty new um, in my walk with Christ. Uh, I, when I, after my first year in college, I joined a missions team and traveled with them for four years. So that was basically my college experience, not going to school, but traveling the United States. You know, we'd go from church to church and hold revival conferences. And I did that nine months out of the year. And in that time, I got to live and do life with people uh, my age who were living for Jesus with their whole hearts. And that was the first time that it ever happened. You know, it was just so intentional. And I really, you know, God just flipped my life upside down and I got right with Christ. You know, before then I had never really read the Bible. Um, I knew all the stories, of course, from Sunday school class. My dad's a pastor. Um, I, the only parts of the Bible I read were Revelation because it had cool angels and stuff and awesome battles. And I read Job chapter 42 because it had a giant sea monster. <laughs> uh, but I never actually read the word. You know, I knew what was in it. I knew the stories and things, but I finally read it for myself. And man, God just totally transformed my life and flipped me upside down there. And one of the, one of the, as I'm growing, I, I examined what I was watching, and I had some mentors, you know, bring this up in conversation a couple times, what I was watching, what I was reading, and, and you know, took a look at it and seeing where the, you know, the origins of the things in the fiction is that I'm reading is from and, uh, you know, seeing that a lot of this, you know, witchcraft or magic, even like stories about, uh, you know, false gods, in reality, they come from Satan. Um, and so that got me, you know, that kind of bugged me. And then, um, and I, I, and that's pretty much the extent of my biblical issue with the, uh, the magic and the fiction. Now, a lot of my convictions, I think, stem from extra biblical stuff 
And by that, I mean personal experience and stories that I've heard from friends and, and mentors that I trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so for, for, let me just say my biggest issue with magic in fiction is does bringing this stuff into my home and into my life, does it somehow uh, invite a, an actual spiritual darkness into my house or my life? Because I, you know, I, I've heard several stories about, um, you know, people, they are having some demonic activity in their home, um, some supernatural activity in their house, like, you know, books flying across the room and crazy nightmares and stuff like that. And, uh, they, you know, they invite a pastor over and the pastor, you know, and they ask him what's going on. How can we, how can we get this to stop? And he says, you know, well, do you have any, you know, or Dungeons and Dragons cards, let's say, or Magic the Gathering or something like that in your house? Were you into that? And they said, yeah, we got a bunch of it. He says, try getting rid of that. And they do. And the demonic activity stops. So yeah, that's not in the scripture. That's not a Bible story, but that's a, that's a story from people I trust. Um, yeah, it, so, is, it is anecdotal. Though. Yeah, well, and, and then and then there's uh, my my father-in-law told me some stories. Uh, he he lives in Hawaii, and uh, paganism is still active there mm-hmm. a little bit. And uh, you know, he told me the story about his wife went to this you know cave that used to be like this pagan ritualistic burial ground site or something, and she took home some rocks from there brought them into their house and they were having some crazy junk happen in their house. Like the TV turned on and off and you know, the beds rattling for no reason mm-hmm. and doors are shutting and ugh, like, <laughs> I don't want, you know, if that's true. I don't want to get anywhere near that stuff. And I understand that's, that's a little bit different than Harry Potter DVDs, you know, yeah. but um, yeah. yeah. So that, that's, that is my biggest issue there that guys is, I, I don't think I would have as big a problem or or any problem if I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that bringing that stuff into my home, my life, my mind didn't somehow invite spiritual darkness. And I think right. that's a good place to start, too. Yeah. Okay. And because I'll, I'll say this. When I hear people who say they bring it up like this, they, they bring it up like this. And here's another person who just totally believes that, uh, you know, magic is bad. Now, Nathan kind of framed his his argument against you in that way. And, you know, that's, that's not what you've said. Uh, I, I, I do want to defend you a little bit here. That's not what you said, is that all magic is bad uh, in, fiction. In, in fiction. Yes. Um, but I do want to say, you know, when people, especially Christians, now, if you don't believe in a spiritual realm, I can understand giving a side eye to someone who says, I, you know, I, I believe I, I don't want to have anything to do with this, you know? Right. Because if you don't believe in a, in a spiritual realm, then it's all just fiction. It's all just right. make-believe. It's all just play Yeah. to you. Mm-hmm. But there is a spiritual realm and there is dark spiritual uh forces at work right and magic is you know when i say this i say magic is real i'm not saying you know bibbidi bobbidi boo 
I'm saying there is an element of pagan worship. There is an element of, and I, I'm just going to say, I know people say it's not real. It's not real. It was just some sort of, you know, 80s meme or whatever, but uh, satanic uh, worship. Mm-hmm. And there is an element of people calling upon dark spiritual forces to affect the world. And right. it's real. And so for someone to just discount it as it's just stories, it's just there. I think that's kind of the opposite of throwing the bathwater out with the baby. That's what you're doing. You're throwing the, the bathwater. Bath no, you're you're throwing the the bathwater out with a baby when you're doing that, because the baby is that there is a reality to the spiritual world, right? And right. depictions of darkness. That's the thing for me that I'm more concerned about than depictions of magic. And that would be the first thing I kind of come to you, Evan. Is is that if your spirit is sensitive to these things, which a lot of magical things on film and in books and, and stuff that uses magic, there's a, an element of the depiction of darkness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and an element of in the depiction of darkness or even depiction of people who are doing good magic, there's, there, there's still that, okay, I'm doing good magic, but I'm using the evil... Um, I, I'm using the evil... Uh, Word. Word or the evil uh, object or whatever. Um, Steve, do you remember Hero TV, the comic that we did? Yes, yes, I do, yeah. I, I can't remember if you were a part of that or not. I wasn't. It was before my time, okay. but I really enjoyed it. It was a comic book. It was a parody of superhero comics in general. And cops. And cops, yeah. It was, it was framed <laughs> as cops where a team of super-powered uh, TV producers – so you had a, 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 a guy who was a camera operator who had wings. He could fly. There's another camera operator who could fly. They're flying around, and they're, uh, they're filming superheroes uh-huh. doing their thing. It's called Hero TV. Mm-hmm. And each segment was just kind of poking at an element of, of superhero stuff. And, and so there's, you know, we're making fun of Superman with the Scout, and we're making fun of Batman with the Might. Right. And uh, we're making fun of Doctor Strange with Magical Man. Mm-hmm. Because the idea is Magical Man's getting ready to go into battle against this evil demon, and he summons the power of I can't remember. But I'm just gonna say this: the, he, you know, I call upon the dread power of the Dark Dordor, you know. <laughs> and then the guy he's getting ready to fight is like, "Dude, I am Dordor." <laughs> you, you know, and so that's funny. It's it's just kind of that idea that in fiction, mm-hmm. where you have characters calling on these dark forces to fight mm-hmm. these dark forces and you know, so anyway see that's a good a distinction because magic in its literary form takes two forms there's incantational which is if you take it at the latin roots it's basically singing along with nature it's doing something natural to affect something that's going to be supernatural it's it's a natural way of doing things. There's invocational magic, which invokes something to come in. It's actually, it's, it's the Latin root is to call something in. And that's what magic man is doing. He's doing invocational magic. And that is the type of magic that is condemned by like almost every religion, you know, Islam, uh, Buddhism, uh, Christianity. That's what's the bad type 
of of magic and literary magic when you have that type of thing in your in your arsenal let's say you know a magic man he's doing it the wrong way and i am totally in agreement where if you have a hero who is using invocational magic he's doing something that the bible speaks against and that's something like i don't read doctor strange comic books because he's always you know, summoning the power of, you know, this entity or that demon or, you know, whatever to do his, to do his bidding. I don't agree that that is the way a hero should work. So I just stay away from Doctor Strange comic books. But when you're staying away from the Doctor Strange comic book, you're staying away from it because you don't agree with the depiction of the character. It's not, um, it's not the fact that it depicts this magic, right? Well, here's the thing. If it if it depicted that magic and he was the bad guy, that would be okay because that's the bad guy doing the bad magic. And you could watch that as long as the other guy is doing the incantational magic, the hero, which is basically the difference between Harry Potter and other uh, things, not all of them, but, but the difference between the Harry Potter universe... And, and their magic system and other magic systems is that it's all incantational in Harry Potter. Everybody, even the bad guys, have incantational magic. So there is no invocational magic in Harry Potter. And that's the kind of magic that the Bible speaks against, that all you know, many other religions speak against. It's the invocational magic that's the bad magic. I think I'm a little fuzzy on the difference between yeah, the two. Yeah, and, and I, I'm wondering if it, if there needs to be a difference between the two, as far it as does. what 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 you're allowing yourself to to uh, take in. Well, there does there there needs to be that because one is is the incantational magic. If you think of it as incanting something or chanting something, uh-huh. it's it's singing along with nature. It's doing something natural to provide something supernatural basically it's a a way of in literary in the literary world of showing a miracle but basically you're you're saying a spell or you're using words to sing along with nature and harmonize with nature to the point where it produces or god produces something supernatural that's what incantational magic is but but in, what i'm trying to to get from you steve is because I mean, you're bringing up this this difference between good magic and bad magic in fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I guess there's two questions that go along with that, and one is, um, are they both allowable in real life? Because you're saying the Bible only is against one of those types of magic, and I'm I'm not sure that I would agree with you there. But then the other the other question is, um, but you're so you're saying. If a good guy only uses the one kind, you're, you're yeah. okay. If a good guy uses the other kind, you need to stay away from that? Yes, because if you look at the root words in the Hebrew, and in a little bit in the Greek, but that's not very cogent to the whole point. But if you look at the root words in Hebrew, in the Bible, it's talking about sorcery. It's talking about divination. It's talking about... Uh, necromancy. It's talking about these types of things where in our real world, 
they're invocational. You are calling something to do your bidding. You're hoping some spirit will inhabit this thing to, to do something, or you are calling a spirit to do your bidding. And any of these spirits, even if they say that they're angels, they're demons. Angels don't get involved in invocational magic. It's, it's all demonic entities. So that's what real world magic is. And if you're using that in a literary sense, then you're having these literary characters, if they're heroes, you're having them do something that in the real world would be uh, you know, abhorrent to God. It would be an abomination. The incantational stuff is not what those words mean. Sorcery. Right, right. So, so that's... Go ahead, Evan. I think I get you with the literary stuff, okay? But so are you saying... Is there even such a thing as incantational magic in real life? Because it's it's miracles. A miracle like if you prayed for a miracle and a miracle happened, if you were to put that in a in a fiction in or in fantasy, then what would have happened would be incantational magic. But it's not like we do that. It's not like we're saying I'm going to pray and hopefully this magic thing will happen. It's a literary way of looking at, at miracles. What a miracle yet what a miracle is. So that's what an incantational magic is. And in the Bible, the words in Hebrew don't mean that. It, it never means someone who's singing along with nature and because <laughs> that is, is singing along with God's nature, it produces something supernatural. That's not what magic is in our world. People don't do that. It's all invocational if you're you know, into witchcraft, if you're into demonology okay. or whatever. So that's it's, that's the that's the element I was looking for. Then is is yeah. um, you're saying the Bible doesn't say there's nothing. The Bible doesn't say there's anything wrong with it because it's just not a thing. Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. It, it okay. would like it would be as if we were saying something was wrong with miracles. It's purely a literary device. Then it's a literary device. Right. And in Harry Potter, the only type of magic she doesn't even have the bad guys use invocational magic. All of them. Any, anyone in the magic world uses incantational magic. Even the bad curses and the bad things there, it's human beings making bad choices, and this is what happens. It's all incantational. Let's talk about Harry Potter for just a moment here, and okay. not the specifics of Harry Potter, because, again, I can't speak too much to the specifics of Harry Potter, except for... Well, this is a an outside of the Harry Potter universe situation. Mm -hmm. People were, were upset and worried about Dungeons and Dragons back in the eighties. They're upset, right. worried. There's a satanic panic back in you know late seventies, early eighties because of things like The Exorcist, things like you know Damien and that. Yeah. Um, now, flash you know fast forward into the is it late nineties? Yeah. With, with yeah, Harry Potter, okay, ninety-seven. Yeah, was the first people one. are getting worried about Harry Potter, right? And some of them are just getting worried by Harry Potter just being there. The book is sitting on the table there, and I, it's going to burn a hole in the table now. You know, right. it's going <laughs> to fall to the ground and then fall through the ground, and it's going to keep going down just like the blood in Alien. Okay, it's going right. to go it's back to hell where it belongs. Right, it's right. a demon on every page. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but here is one legitimate concern, and and mm -hmm. this is where I want to be careful. You know, I I'm not a middle child. I do mm -hmm. find myself, I guess, tending to want to be a a peacemaker, wanting to make sure everyone gets along. You know, and that kind of thing. But I, I want us to be careful though, because 
there are some legitimate concerns. For example, you walked into Barnes and Noble when the Harry Potter books were at their heyday. You know, first, second, third books that were coming out. Right. You walk into Barnes and Noble and you see an end cap, mm-hmm. which is the you know the display they have at the end of the bookshelf. Right. And on that end cap, you have Harry Potter. Right. And you have a piece of paper, you know, put in that nice metal frame, and it says, "If you like Harry Potter, check these out." Yep, that's guilt and by what's association. There? No, 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 it's not. It's not because it's not about guilt. It's about a legitimate concern, a real thing that's happening here. It's but they not, could do that with the Narnia no, no. books. Steve, I'm not there yet, okay? okay? I'm not saying Harry Potter is a problem. I'm saying there was legitimate concerns coming out of the Harry Potter craze. And there's a big difference between saying there Harry Potter caused a problem or there's legitimate concerns for things that were coming out of it. Because you cannot deny that on those end caps there was Narnia. Wonderful, beautiful. I loved the fact that I could walk into Barnes & Noble little kids are picking up Narnia books and reading them just mm-hmm. like I did. And it's popular. Narnia had a resurgence in popularity because of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, I wouldn't say had a resurgence necessarily, but the resurgence was happening. I, I think s- the, yeah, and, I think it helped. And the Teenager's Guide to Wicca. Right. And yeah. how to, you know, make love potions. Right. I, there was legitimate books that were intended to be used as guidebooks for supernatural spiritual things that were of the that that realm yeah and you yeah steve you can go ahead and defend the guilt by dissociation that's that's great you're right you're absolutely 100% right you shouldn't doom one thing because it's next to something else but because uh, but the, there is a legitimate concern for me, if I was a parent of an impressionable 11-year-old who walks into Barnes & Noble with 11 bucks to spend, and back in the 90s, kids actually did spend money on books, yeah, paper books from a store, mm-hmm. and they come home with this book, you know? Oh, I like Harry Potter. I, I think, ooh, this seems interesting. His Dark Materials, yeah. Sounds all good. Yeah, was that the Phil Pul- Pullman? Philip Pullman? Yeah. Yeah. Which are basically the atheist Narnia. Yes. Um, but the the point being, we can't, you know, we need to be, have understanding for why people are concerned about this stuff and for why parents are concerned about this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want us to get into that trap that I hear all too often with cool Christians. All right. Hmm. The cool Christians who say, Oh, can you believe what those Christians believe? I'm not one of them. <laughs> Don't you worry about me. I'm cool. I'm just like you, except Jesus loves me. And he loves you too. But I know that Jesus loves me, you know. And and there it's a frustration for me to see Christians who are so judgmental of other Christians who may be the ones and we're going to get into this right now, I guess. The maybe the ones who say I can't eat that meat. It's okay, you know, for, I guess it's okay for you to eat that meat, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And, and Ben, and, can I interject here? Yeah. Okay. So it, in in this, I, I was looking for some scripture, and this is, I think this is what some of my convictions come from. And I pulled up some scripture here that 
to me, I have a hard time with because it seems like the two things are contradictory. I know they're not because it's, it's God's word. Yeah. Right. But I, I'm having trouble reconciling the two. So maybe you guys can help me. And may, I think this will speak into what you just were saying, Ben, about I can't eat that meat. Okay. So we got 1 Corinthians 8, 4 through 8. And this is what it says. So what about eating meat that has been offered to idols? Well, we all know that an idol is not really a god and that there is only one god. There may be so-called gods, both in heaven and on earth, and some people actually worship many gods and many lords. But we know that there is only one God, the Father, who created everything, and we live for him. And there is only one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom God made everything and through whom we have been given life. However, not all believers know this. Some are accustomed to thinking of idols as being real. So when they eat food that has been offered to idols, they think of it as worship of real gods, and their weak consciences are violated. It's true that we can't win God's approval by what we eat. We don't lose anything if we don't eat it, and we don't gain anything if we do. So that's one thing. Okay, so it's saying, you know, that, that idol worship, that meat offered idols, we don't need to worry about it because there's, you know, there's not really any gods attached to it. Mm-hmm. And God, God made all the meat, and we should be able to eat it. Right. Okay. It's so there. there. You're hungry. You want a burger. Eat the burger. Take it. Yeah. But. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Next scripture. Um, it is First Corinthians ten nineteen. Let me pull it up here on my app here. First Corinthians ten nineteen. All right. It says, what am I trying to say? Am I saying that food offered to idols has some significance or that idols are real gods? No, not at all. I am saying that these sacrifices are offered to demons, not to God. And I don't want you to be to participate with demons. You cannot drink from the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons too. You cannot eat the Lord's table and at the table of demons too. What? Do we dare rouse the Lord's jealousy? Do we think we are stronger than he is? You say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. And you say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. Okay. Okay. <laughs> But that's true. Stop there, yeah. Yeah, that's that's true. I mean that that's not just magic. Yeah. You know, I mean that's right. I, you know, I, I'm I don't know if kids are listening. I, I doubt it. So I'm just gonna say, you know, the S word. You know, that's great. I have five children because of that thing. You know? But when you put it in the context of pornography, that's not beneficial. Right. Right. Uh and so the same thing here where we I think the the line though that I draw is in the depiction of darkness, mm-hmm. well, and okay. and Kicks when it. when I can see oh my goodness what is this art saying to me what is this art trying to say and and that's that's a problem now going back to that First Corinthians thing um the whole meat thing that that goes along with what I was talking about was the judgment of people who are okay eating the meat having right. judgment on the people who aren't and that's frustrating to me it's frustrating because it's talking about the weaker and i'm not i'm not saying you're weaker evan i mean you you are weaker than me but that's only if we were like <laughs> about to you know do battle or something right, clearly right. Of course. unless you're playing hero clicks and you have Imperiax, Imperiax oh, and sweet he's victory. just destroying like, everybody with one one shot. But, Mortal Kombat. Yeah, but in, in Mortal Kombat, you know, I would come out on top because I'm, I'm bigger said, than you. 
I said moral combat. Um, Get it? Whatever. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's it's goofy. It's funny. I'm I'm with you, Steve. I missed it though. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I'm losing my train of thought here. The, the point being, I don't like it when people who are quote unquote stronger Christians, and by stronger sometimes it just means louder. Okay, and by stronger sometimes it means more confident, not necessarily more right. Right. Mm. You know, by stronger. I mean, in some cases, yes, someone who has been a Christian for a long, long time and is a very mature and devoted and devout believer. But I just cannot abide the judgment that they have on weaker believers. And it's not something that even I'm immune from. I mean, there's times where I'm just like, well, come on, you know. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the thing here is that I, I, I just want to, I guess I'll touch on one last time right now, then we can move on. But that's that if someone does say, I can't watch this because it is showing me something that I believe to be evil or dark or something that is going to cause me to not be able to get it out of my mind or is something that is going to stick with me or something that's going to cause me to feel really uncomfortable in my spirit. Sometimes I think we confuse weakness for what really is sensitivity. Right, yeah. And, and there's there's a thing in, in Christian theology called adiaphoron, which is, you know, something might be wrong for me and a sin for me, but okay for someone else. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's how the my the Holy Spirit is working on my conscience. And saying, don't get near that thing. Don't go near that. That is a sin to you. You know, this line and no farther. For me and for someone else, oh yeah, cross the line. It's not a problem for them. But for some of us, there is that problem. And I want to say also, with the, the demonic stuff, the way I understand it, and you guys can can correct me. I mean, I'm not a, a, a demon philosopher demonologist but I'm just, I'm, <laughs> demonologist a little bit no um but i i look, <laughs> okay. I, look I look at it three different ways and luckily they all rhyme the first one is that some people can be obsessed with demons and they see demons everywhere you know the books in the corner fall over oh no i had those books in a special order and it must be demons. <laughs> so it, it could be that they're just obsessed with with demons it, sometimes people can be oppressed by demons and Christians can actually be oppressed by demons. Mm-hmm. They can affect things around us to the point where it's bothering us and the demons, you know, somehow they get they get some satisfaction out of that. And then of course there's demon possession, which Christians can't be possessed. That's mm-hmm. a spirit. They the spirits can't exist where the holy spirit exists. That's how I feel about it. So when we see things going on inside people's houses and inside, you know, people's lives and stuff, I don't believe that an evil spirit can have that type of power over a Christian, a true believer, that they would be possessed by that demon. Right, right. And I, I would agree with you there, Steve. Right. Yeah. My yeah, and my thing with these scriptures is, you know, like I said, my biggest concern is that there is some sort of spiritual tether to a physical object that I'm bringing into my home. Like in this, you know, in these verses, it seems to say that somehow there is some sort of spiritual tether to those idols because there's, there's demons that are making use of those idols. But and not I'm Christians. 
Well, and I'm not saying that these are this. Well, I don't know because demons they are they they occupy a physical space even though we can't see them. They occupy a physical space and they can only be at one place in one time and, um, you know, so that's 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 my biggest thing because I understand you know the the weaker the stronger brother like in all in all other areas of fiction like I know I know the line that I that I. I know I have a line for the amount of violence I can take in a in a film. I know the amount the line I can take with uh, sexual content. I know the I know the line I can take with uh, language. I have a really hard time finding this line. I know there is one. I know I have a line for uh, magic for magic, but I I have trouble finding it. And and here's the thing: like I I don't really have a problem with Peter Pan. Okay, so and then. Maybe because it's so far removed and it's just fictional creatures, really. It's pixie dust. It's pixies, you know. And it's it's so far removed from anything that's real. But then you have, you know, Harry Potter. I, I struggle with Harry Potter because of, you know, it's lots of things that are based in real life. And then there's lots of snake imagery, what have you. Um, Which are creepy. I mean, snakes are just by their nature creepy. Yeah. creepy. yeah, yeah. But they're so, they're they're... I mean, almost universally in Harry Potter, they're evil. Right, I know. You know they and, represent that that negative aspect. Yeah, and you know, I don't, I don't watch, uh, I, I don't, I didn't like uh, Princess and the Frog, and I, but I, you know, I really liked the way they depicted, you know, because they use voodoo magic in that. But I like the way they depicted the the evil guy's downfall because he's destroyed by the very thing that he's messing with that he shouldn't even be messing with. Right, and that is yeah. one of one of the things about invocational magic. Where right, in, right, right. In in good literature, like Faust and things like that, they are undone by the thing which they thought was going to make them, and that is that's good storytelling. Yeah. Yes, and it's, it's 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 true to life. It's true to life. There's a comic uh, but, book. There's a comic book character from the Ultraverse, which was uh they they popped up with, around Image, and they had a character named Nightman, and Nightman his book was canceled, but just as his book was canceled, he was getting into magic and starting to do magic stuff. Mm. Then they do this final issue and this kind of final story arc where they show the future. And when they show him in the future, he is eaten by his magic. He is old and tired and the magic that he was using just consumed him. And I loved, even though I loved the character and did not want to see him go that direction, for me, they wrap up, first of all, comic book universe getting wrapped up completely was a nice opportunity that they had. That's cool. But second of all, they wrapped up my favorite character with this horrible (laughs) ending, but it was such a, it just rang true. That ending Mm -hmm. just rang true to me. That's cool. And so, like I said, I don't, yeah. I'm still trying. I'm figuring out with my conscience, with the Holy Spirit, um, you know, where I'm at with this stuff. But until I find a place where I'm secure and comfortable and confident in what I believe about it, I'm going to keep adding those caveats. Yeah. <laughs> and, and because, because like, I, I can watch. I believe I can watch some of this stuff, okay? Um, and I, I will be uncomfortable with it, but I can watch it to review it, to talk about it. Um, but I'm not going to say, you know, oh, that's one of my favorite movies. I'm not necessarily even going to, you know, own it. Well, could you could you watch no. it for the liter- the literariness of it, the literature of it, instead of watching it 
just you know sort of with with one eye and one hand over that eye and that type for of thing. for for some things yes i could watch it once well the gods or, the gods and monsters thing yeah uh that was something that we did on comic book time machine that's another thing that nathan referenced mm-hmm. uh because he listens to that podcast too or at least he did i don't know if he still does i don't know if anybody's listening to that podcast still but <laughs> um anyway uh evan and i that was one of the first things that we did uh podcasting wise and it was partially because I knew Evan was going to hate it. And because it's an Elseworlds thing where it rewrites Superman, Wonder Woman and Batman right. as new characters. And when, you know, we both are getting into it and I'm just like, oh, this isn't great. <laughs> but but I'm Evan is watching it. And I know, I mean, the way he was watching it was I would not watch this on my own if I cared. You know, I, yep. I but he went ahead and watched it, too look at it from that review standpoint, that literary standpoint, what is good about the story? What is not good about the story? And yes, the magic thing came up in that wonder woman was not as magical, but it was, you know, but then there's the darkness there. And that's what bugged me about the whole thing was that there was this element of darkness. It that's just permeated the whole thing. Mm. And, and so for me, as I'm, I'm talking with you about this stuff, I would say that there's a couple of different things that you need to be thinking about. And one is uh, sensitivity, uh-huh. you know, and clearly there's some ses- some sense, the some sensitivity there. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should ignore that. And, and I'm glad that when, um, you know, like when I asked you, Hey, do you want to help me uh, review uh, Jessica Jones, I guess for, for welcome to level seven. Mm-hmm. Um, now I, when I asked you that, I didn't know what it was going to be like. Right. But you said you said no. Uh, And then I watched it and I'm like, oh, you know, this is I know Evan's line is around in here and this is way over here. And (laughs) and so I was able to to come to you and say, hey, uh, I'm glad you said no. Um, And and so then there's also that level of discernment, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with with magic in fiction, you have your Narnia. You know, you have your your Tolkien with the Middle Earth. You have your Harry Potter. And you also have your Grant Morrison, who considers, you know, all sorts of weird other world. He's not writing fiction. You know, he's writing real stuff. And then you have Alan Moore, who's, like, Uh, doing spells as he's writing. Oh, my gosh. You know, and and so those are things to be aware of. And then there are people, uh, you know, Neil Gaiman, who is a brilliant, brilliant writer. But who does pepper in some of, of, you know, some cultic things in there. And, and, you know, I think I feel I need to be very careful with him. And, and I actually had everything he had written and, and I didn't do like a, I didn't do an old fashioned rock and roll album burning, you know? (laughs) Um, But I did get rid of them because I'm like, you know what? I don't want my kids coming in my, my office and taking these off the shelf and reading them, Mm -hmm. you know, because, and, and that's my discernment as a dad. Yep. more more than anything else because I did I have reread some of that stuff but it was stuff that I you know borrowed from the library or, or was looking at in other places um but those all then come down to the this other thing that I wanted to bring up and that is the intentionality of what is what is there right and there is you know as a reader you are the receiver of a creative work of a creative creation and you there. So there's your intention. Why am I reading this? Why am I watching this? Then there's also the intention of the author. 
And sometimes that intention is intentional and sometimes it's accidental. Uh You know, so an author says, I'm going to write this thing about how evil magic is. But then the story ends up celebrating it accidentally. It's not the intention that they went into it with, but that's just where the story went. Or I'm going to write this story about how awesome marriage is. But then as you're reading it, you realize you're reading something that is it's pornography, you know, (laughs) and and so it's not about love. You know, the readers then are coming to it because they're picking up on this unintentional take you know but they're right. but they're intending it for you know something else and then there's the intention of the characters which is what you're kind of getting into steve with dr strange who is doing these things and and doing you know an evil thing w- for a moral purpose all right um and and those are all things you need to kind of filter through and as you filter through you decide what am i going to do with this and that is between you and god uh-huh. And so Evan, and that's where uh, Steve spoiled, but um, <laughs> back to the know, beginning of the episode. Yeah, yeah, but but, it, but that's actually good to have that at the beginning, so yes. that you're kind of processing through that as as the conversation goes, because the conversation unfolds, and and maybe it was good to to jump to the end and say, you know, follow your your conscience here. You need to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and, I could I could lay out everything and and convince you and you know go emotionally and do all that stuff and and have all my ducks in a row and prove to you that this stuff is perfectly fine but if your conscience says no right conscience should override everything and well, and that's you know Steve you you talked about also what's sinful for one person may not be for another I'll tell you right now if god tells you that you should not do something even though it's not sinful and you do it, you're sinning, man. I mean, you're right. going yep. against him. Yep. Yeah. It's that Adiaphron thing. Yep. I will, I will say, though, that, that if you look at, and this is, when you look at Dungeons and Dragons, say, you're looking at something where someone tried to build that up and Gary Gygax, the person who was responsible at the very beginning, and there's, people who would say that that's not completely true but just let's just say for instance that that the history is is accepted that <laughs> Gary Gygax is the person who tried to you know get this thing going when they started to tack on magic stuff they were heavily into the lord of the rings but it was being filtered through the 60s and you were getting a lot of stuff where it it what you weren't getting this divide between incantational and invocational because people didn't understand it. They weren't going back to the original fairy tales and fantasy things and looking at the the Christian elements of it and trying to pick them out. They were just looking at it as, whoa, read this while you're on drugs, man. It's really cool. And you're getting in Dungeons and Dragons, you're getting more of this duality where, you know, there's white mages who can use black magic and black mages who can use white magic. And there are, you know, uh, spells and there are, uh, you know, uh, uh, things that you can call different beings and stuff like that. So I don't play Dungeons and Dragons because unless you're modifying the rules, which you can, unless you're modifying those rules, it, it, it presents these things that should be good literary devices that Christians can use and just mushing them all together in one big ball and saying magic is cool, man. So I don't play Dungeons and Dragons by the rules because of that. 
And now, you don't have to use those rules because there's right. thousands of other role-playing games that you can get right. into that have Con- other conversely, sets of rules. Yes, exactly. But conversely, uh, J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Harry Potter books, she has was stated very early on in a very early interview that her faith plays into the entire context of these books. And she is, I think she's Church of England or Church of Scotland, one or the other. I don't know if it's a very strong church or whatever, or exactly how deep her, her beliefs go, but her Christian beliefs play into the entire series. And it plays out in the, the, the denouement, the, the way that the story ends. It plays out in every individual volume. The symbolism of the book is overwhelmingly Christian. In fact, she uses every, if you look at a menagerie back in, you know, a thousand years ago, you would see a unicorn, you would see a centaur, you would see these things that are basically two animals that are, that are, that's merged into one animal, a hippogriff, uh, things like that. And when you have that visually represented in art, what it's saying is in the picture, this represents Christ because Christ is man and God. It's two things. And it's one thing. So when you have those things in visual art, that's what it represents. That's what it represented back then. Nowadays, they're just funny animals. But when she uses them, she uses every single symbol, those ancient symbols, I think except for like the pelican or something like that. And she uses them in ways that shine a light on Christ. Um, Every single time they're used, there's something that is a Christian element, something that is specifically about Christ that she's conveying. And it's not that she's trying to use this as an evangelistic tool. That's not what her intent is. Really, it's not. It might have that effect on some people if they're reading it and they're really looking for every little nuance and every little you know thing. But that's not her intent. Her intent is her intent was to to have these stories informed by her faith, Christian faith, and to show this fantasy world with magic, with all this stuff, but have it show what the you know it's 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 a Christian grid that she's building the entire thing on. And that's that accidental thing that happens. Where your but it wasn't view, accidental, though. No, your worldview informs what you write, no matter what. Oh, right, yes. And no matter what your intention is, your worldview is going to be there. Mm-hmm. And so with, with her, you know, I mean, she's setting out to write this story, and I'm sure she has her themes and stuff that she wanted to build into that. But I, I, I do believe that, yes, her worldview and, and, and her worldview comes from a, a Christian place— I, I don't know, again, I don't know how deep her own faith is. I can't right. judge that. Um, but I'll, I'll say, after having read the first book, uh, I, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And it was. There was some clear, and I didn't know she was a believer at the time. I didn't know what her background was. But there was some clear uh, shared metaphor. You know, it's like, right. oh, there, there's some stuff going on here that could be very easily applied. You know, right. and... Right. And, and use so yeah but the i guess i we're, we're close i think we're close to wrapping this up so consider mm. your final thoughts here gentlemen and evan we'll give you the last word i'll do my last word right now steve while i'm talking you have a chance to think of yours got it um okay <laughs> but my 
my thing with with this topic and many many others is have discernment you know and in having discernment and in being aware of the intentions of the author and your own intentions for why you want to consume certain kinds of media there also needs to be a relationship between you and God you know as and, and you need to be spending time with him and you need to be you know thinking about okay this stuff that i'm just consuming as bubblegum which is not something i'm going to swallow it's not something that's going to give me any kind of nourishment but it tastes really nice until i spit it out you know um it there it, there is still power there you know bubblegum can still give you cavities it still affects your body even though you don't right. swallow it you know and i i've i've said this many many times and i'm going to say this many many more times there is power in all story mm-hmm. it's not magical power it's a different kind of thing where it is one person putting out in and creating and then someone else taking that in and when you take in a story it affects you it affects you and it affects everyone differently and you may say it has no effect because it's just a story. There's no such thing as just a story. Right. It affects you. And it can affect you in a way where you say, that was terrible. And then you start processing, why was it terrible? What is it about the main character's worldview that's just awful? And you can learn from that. You can learn from the negative example. Um, but you can learn easier, far easier from the, the positive examples. Right. And... So use your discernment, but your discernment cannot just be yours alone. You know, you've got to be. And I I say this as, you know, a children's pastor. I say this as a writer. And I say this as someone who fails, you know. I like the thrill of violence, you know. (laughs) It it is thrilling. But there's times where you just have to sit back and, (laughs) wait, wait, wait. I, should I really be getting a thrill from this? There's scientific evidence that when you watch a show, you, your your brain actually starts activating the places in your brain that it would activate if you were actually doing the things that the characters in the show are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's where you know it's easy to talk about how you know we can condemn sex and nudity because your 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 eyes are bringing you into the act, you know, but there is elements of people killing, you know, where your mind is going into that place. And so you, you got to be careful. You've got to be careful. You've got to have discernment. And it's not just about magic where you have to, but magic in fiction, I don't think that's an automatic nope for me, but it, it is something that you do have to be careful about because it's not also an automatic yeah everything's great everything's fine under the sun because spiritual darkness is real and there are sentient spiritual dark beings that do exist and we can't just discount that so that's my final steve you're up (laughs) mine is i think actually going to be shorter than yours (laughs) <laughs> Wait, what, what mirror what universe is, is this? Well, I want to take uh, Leland Riken is a, a Christian writer. Um, he is actually he and his son uh, 
or his father, one or the other, um, did a, a, a version of the Bible called the Literary Bible. And it just, it takes the Bible for what it is, God's Word, and it puts it in a literary structure, looks at it in a literary way, and it's fantastic. Um, he says that Christian literary theory must have an examination of the art for what it is. So, as as per a novel, to what degree is is it a representation of the novel as art? Okay, and when you read the books, if you're reading the Harry Potter books, read them as literature, and realize the intent of the author in anything you're reading, obviously, and this goes back to Ben's comments. Realize the intent of the author, but read it as literature and see how it holds up. If I mean, I've, I've had some people read the Harry Potter books and say that they're not good literature, and I've had other people say that they're part of the you know line of great literature that extends back to the Fairy Queen and stuff like that. So if it doesn't hit you, it doesn't hit you, but read it as literature and to what degree is it a representation of it as art? That's what I'd say. And you mean Final. using using symbology and metaphor and theme uh, and meaning and, and that kind of, that's what you're saying, right? Yeah, and, and there's a whole thing we didn't get into about literary alchemy, which if you want to know more about it, I can help you out on that. Uh, the Harry Potter books are full of it. Uh, there's other series that have come up since then that are full of it. It's, it's an older style of writing. It doesn't have anything to do with alchemy, turning things into gold and stuff. It's literary alchemy. It, it's, it's, I'm not going to get into it now, but it's fantastic and it, it's fascinating how she used it in her stories. And that's another part of understanding her books as well. But, yeah. Evan? Well, uh, my final words would be I'm, you know, I, I'm still in process here. I do believe that, uh, you know, you can watch Lord of the Rings and Chronicles of Narnia and things like that and, you know, have a totally clear conscience and, and be fine. And read them too. Read them too. And read them too. Or just watch them. Or read and them because they're awesome. Read them. Read them. <laughs> That's a fight for another day. Continue. Okay, yeah. And you can, and you can, be, and you can be fine. Uh, but also just remember that, yes, all, all the things Ben said, there, there is real spiritual darkness. The Bible does make clear that somehow, some way, I don't know, maybe it's the amount of faith and belief you put in those things or the importance you put on those things. There are some sort of spiritual tethers to physical things as you know, demonstrated in those stories I told about my mother-in-law and things like that. Um, and so just just keep that in the back of your mind maybe. And uh, I think that, that might be a good, a good thing to do just in your walk with Christ. And for me, uh, the last thing I wanted to say, and I don't want to get into a conversation about this, Steve, because I know uh, our definition of the conscience is a little bit different, and we've talked about this before. Okay, um, but where you say the conscience, I would absolutely agree that that is true of the Holy Spirit. Because if you know, if you know Christ, you've got the Holy Spirit in you, and He's going to help direct your conscience. Um, but I know, for me personally, sometimes my conscience has been wrong. I've, I'm going to give you a vague example before we close, and one is that uh, I, I felt I really needed to go do something uh, in in my conscience, and I I was unsure about it, so I talked to like all my 
godly spiritual counsel, all my leadership, you know, all that. And every single person was in agreement. You know, these are people with, with relationship with the Christ of their own. They walk very closely with him. And every single person was in agreement that that was not what I should do, even though I felt very strongly that I should. Um, and so, and I, and I believe I've made the right decision, um, by, by not, uh, giving into those feelings. And so sometimes for me anyway, my conscience can sometimes get hung up on things it doesn't need to get hung up on. I'm not saying that this is one of those issues, but it's, it's, it's a reason why I'm hesitant to just full bore, uh, you know, abandon all, all, uh, hope for, uh, enjoying these stories that God has allowed to be in, in our lives. Uh, and I, I will take one each individually, uh, as it comes to me and, and, you know, pray through it, ask God wants, what, what he wants me to do. And, you know, like I said, I'm still in process and that's just where I'm at. And hopefully this has allowed you guys as listeners to, uh, understand a little bit when I give those caveats and, uh, hopefully this has been just enlightening and, and, edifying conversation. So yeah, but final word is I'm in total agreement with you guys. If, if, you know, God tells you not to do something, uh, and you know, it's him, don't do it. Can I, can I just throw out one more, one more quick thing? Sure. And that's that, you know what? If you don't watch a movie, you're not missing out on something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> the truth is it's no huge deal in the grand scheme of things, missing out on a movie that other people are enjoying just because, you know, even like what you're saying, you know, you don't watch maybe, I don't, I don't know if you're going to, uh, uh, Magical Man, my, my made-up character. I'll, I'll do that instead of a real example. Okay. Just because you don't watch Magical Man, the movie, <laughs> you know, and everyone else did and, and enjoyed it, you know, in the grand scheme of eternity, it's not that big of a deal. No. Yeah, you're, it's you're, not. You're, you're good. It's Okay. You're not going to go to heaven, and God's not going to say, "Oh, dude, you missed that movie. You didn't watch Magical Man. <laughs> yeah. It was Ben Avery's best story yet." <laughs> I don't know why God is using that voice, uh, but That's you know, not it, God's it, voice. yeah, it's it's not going to happen that way. Right um, now, He might say, "Oh, you were really judgmental <laughs> about someone," you know, and and that, but no, he he's. It, it, that's you're not missing out on life, you know, you're not. Right. Nope. So, Even the Harry Potter books. There's there's other things you can do with those two hours and fifteen dollars of your time. Yep. So. All right. Well, I guess uh, you guys, it's time to say goodbye. It's time to thank our, our listeners. So. Thank you, listeners. Thank you, guys. Goodbye. And I guess I do get one more last word final 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 word last last word as per usual thank you for listening and godspeed you've been listening to the strangers and aliens podcast hosted by ben avery evan david steve mcdonald and dr jay samuel our music was composed and mixed by tim lethel We'd love for you to join the conversation by going to our website at strangersandaliens.com where you'll find show notes, articles, reviews, and more. You can also email us directly at podcast at strangersandaliens.com. Or you can join our social media conversations by following us on Twitter where we are at Strange and Alien or liking us on Facebook at facebook.com slash strangersandaliens. Or leave us a voicemail by calling the Strangers and Aliens hotline. That number is one 804 Once again, 
Thanks for listening.